0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Price and Coverage Match Limited by State Law. Don't you it, don't you it, don't you it, don't you it? You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Pacers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is presented by SeatGeek and the wonderful SeatGeek app, which you can use along with promo code LOPACERS to earn $20 back on your first ticket purchase. And with the Pacers returning from a five-game road trip, be a great time to check out that app this week when the Detroit Pistons come to town. My name is Tom Lewis of IndyCornerals.com, here to give you the latest news and notes about the Pacers, and after a few days off from the podcast last week, due to some unforeseen technical difficulties while on the road, it's great to be back, and it's great to see the Pacers playing some good basketball as they continue to play well following the All-Star break. Now, on this episode, we'll focus on the Pacers' last second win over the Atlanta Hawks, on Sunday afternoon, as Glenn Robinson III splashed a corner three with .6 seconds remaining, giving the Pacers a winning margin of 97-96, and with his dad, Big Dog Robinson, looking on, uh, the third was a hero. But this was a team effort with several key plays made down the stretch, uh, leading up to that game-winner in the corner by Robinson, so we'll hit on that. And we'll also look ahead as the Pacers wrap up the five-game road trip at Charlotte on Monday night, with a kind of extended back-to-back considering the 1 p.m. Sunday tip in Atlanta. But before we dive in, a quick reminder to hit me up with any comments or questions via email. You can reach me at indiecornrose at gmail.com or on Twitter at IndyCornrose. Okay. Let's start with the good news from Atlanta, where the Pacers made the final run of the game in a game of runs. They really had wild swings you know, from the opening tip. The Hawks started first quarter with a 9-0 run, and then the Pacers answered with a 10-2 run. Actually, uh, Paul George answered with an 8-2 run. And then Thad Young got a tip in the, for that 10th point. But it was great to see PG in that first half snap out of his shooting slump. He was lighting things up in the first half, scored 24 of the Pacers' 50 first-half points, and made 9 or 12 shots, 4 of 5 from the three-point arc. So he was on fire, and I, I got to tell you, very few of those makes even hit any iron. So great to see PG out there feeling it like that. And he wasn't able to keep it up throughout the whole game, but certainly was critical in keeping the Pacers afloat early and uh, getting them back in the game. Bench had a good first half run as well, and things were all tied up at the half. But while PG was a star in the first half, he needed some help uh, to close things out for the win in the second half, as he only scored 10 points in the third quarter and then no points in the fourth quarter. But defenses changed, he didn't get many calls, and he didn't stop making plays, including right down to the end. So definitely had an impact down the stretch just not in the scoring column. You know, I hate complaining about the whistles all the time with PG, but, I mean, sometimes it's getting ridiculous here. There were at least four legit cases down the stretch in that game in the second half uh, where he got hit pretty well and there was no call. And, you know, no calls on PG means no free throws, and he's the best free throw shooter in the league right now. So that's, you know, a double whammy for him because he's – trying to get to the line because he's going to make those buckets. And just amazing watching, you know, ref just look right at a play, him getting bumped and just nothing. Swallows the whistle uh, and doesn't even look at it. And, you know, even those last two-minute reports, as we saw in the San Antonio game, where there was a critical missed call against the Pacers down the stretch, uh, that doesn't help you much. Uh, But even in those games, in that game as well, PG was bumped pretty well. Uh, and it was determined that it was a correct no call. So the subje- subjectivity of, you know, allowable contact, uh, is a killer. And I know <laughs> it's gotta be driving PG nuts. It's driving me nuts now watching it. Uh, but good news was that, that didn't end up deciding the game. So let's move on to, you know, just how the game was decided down the stretch. It didn't look good, uh, you know, as, Things were rolling down in the fourth quarter. Uh, in fact, it really looked like that San Antonio game. Where the Pacers were going to let a solid effort slide away with another tight loss. Uh, but after, you know, they had a nine-point lead really late in the uh, third quarter. Gave up two right at the buzzer. Uh, so they went into the fourth quarter up seven. But that was part of a Hawks 24-9 to run. And it appeared the Hawks kind of had things locked up when they... The lead to 96 90 with a minute 43 left. Pacers had a timeout, uh, but from there uh, it was time for some heroes to emerge for the blue and gold. And after the timeout, Nick McMillan inserted Bill Mobbs in the third for Thad Young. Uh, he put in a little smaller lineup after the game. He mentioned he, he wanted to speed the game up, uh, but also, Thad Young with his wrist injury. He's a liability on the offensive end. He can't shoot the ball. So they needed buckets. And why not put in a three-point shooter like Robinson, who can also defend and wouldn't hurt him that badly on the defensive end. So obviously, that was a good move with a smaller lineup and using Robinson. So coming out of the timeout, Jeff Teague attacks the lane, gets a really high floater over uh, Kent Bazemore to cut the lead to 96-92, so that was a key bucket. And then at the other end, Teague uh, made a big defensive play. He got switched on to Paul Millsap, who'd just been a bear all game, and uh, Teague was able to stay with him as he drove, and when he went in towards the rim from the left side, Miles Turner came over and showed, kind of cut off the rim, so as Millsap kind of got off balance, Teague just swiped at the ball and uh, was able to corral it and get it going the other way. So now the Pacers are down four. were uh, kind of scrambling on offense. Really didn't look good uh, with, with what they were running. Ended up getting a long three-pointer from Paul George, but the ball bounced up, and C.J. Miles stepped in for a little hero action, rising above all the Hawks to corral the offensive rebound and put the ball back in. That cut the lead to 96-94, and they're still... Over 30 seconds left, so the Hawks weren't going to be able to sit on the ball, even with a two-point lead. Uh, But they did use up most of the shot clock and ended up with the ball in Tim Hardaway Jr.'s hands. Coincidentally, Glenn Robinson III's former Michigan teammate in college, and he had been hot, made four or six threes uh, in the game to that point. But as the shot clock was winding down, Robinson stayed with him uh, as As Hardaway lined up a three-pointer And uh, had to shoot it through Robinson Who had him tightly contested And the ball barely made it to the rim So Jeff T. corrals it with about 10 seconds to go Starts heading up the floor it Looks like the Patriots have numbers uh, T. kind of slowed up, gave the ball to PG And then PG attacked Baseline drew about all of the Hawks Kicked it out to C.J. Miles Who caught the ball Had to jump to catch it and while he was in the air, you know, you're thinking he's going to, boom, do one of his pogo stick three-pointers, and so did Dennis Schrader. But before Miles hit the ground, he had already gotten the ball to Robinson in the corner, and Robinson just let it fly and splash it, 0.6 seconds left. Pacers were able to avert disaster as Paul Millsap's last-second gasp attempt, which was definitely shot after .6 seconds and even may have been after in the arena if they had a replay. Uh, It was a little slow on the clock there. He was able to catch it, turn around, and shoot it, but that ball hit the iron and bounced away. Pacers were really excited. Seeing Nate McMillan you know, do a big fist pump and all the players jumping up and down, I think they really enjoyed the fact that Glenn Robinson, the third, guy that is really well-liked throughout the locker room and really works hard, uh, Come through in that big moment, uh, especially with his dad sitting there behind the bench. Uh, everybody just enjoyed the finish of that game, a really fun one to steal on the road in Atlanta. Always fun to win in Atlanta because there have been some horror stories down there over the years. So again, nice to see the Pacers have a genuine game-winning shot, pull out a tough road win. Uh, and it really was a team effort. You know, you had Teague with the great shot and defense. Robinson had the defense, then CJ with the monster of rebound and put back. And PG setting up the final play with the driving kick. Great extra pass from Miles to get Robinson in the corner. And then Robinson was in the corner open. He was ready. Feet were set. You know, let that jumper go and you know, it was like he was shooting uh pregame warmups an hour before the game. Oh, and, you know, let's let's not forget, Nate McMillan had a couple of key moments, key decisions in this game, you know, again, altering the lineup with Robinson there uh, in the last minute 43, but more importantly, after T got that rebound with 10 seconds left, he did not call a timeout to try and set up a final play. He let the play run. Even when T kind of slowed down to get the ball to PG, uh, he let the thing go because, The Hawks' D was scrambling, and that was the reason Robinson was able to get open in the corner because of that scrambling D and everybody focusing on where the ball was and trying to protect the rim. So that was nice for once to see uh, (laughs) NBA final play just run out and and let the action happen without a timeout or three uh, to set up the final play. So props to Nate McMillan for that. Now, the Pacers are 2-2 two two on this nasty five-game road trip and 3-2 and two since the All-Star break. So, with their core lineup back now with Fab Young in the starting lineup, even though he isn't fully healthy, uh, it really helps level out that playing rotation. And the team is simply playing better. The bench is in much better shape. And the entertainment value of these games is certainly up. So, you want to head down to the field house when they get home on Wednesday to face the Detroit Pistons in a key game against another playoff contender, and make sure you hit up SeatGeek to get into the game. Because buying tickets online for sports and concerts has been a confusing process for a long time. It's always been hard to find the best deals for the game or show you want to go to, and none of those older ticket sites want to change that. But SeatGeek is different. They've come along and created an amazing app and website That makes it easier than ever for fans to buy and sell tickets. SeatGeek is always a place I like to check out to see what the picket prices are. Uh, if any family or friends want to get into the game, always point them to SeatGeek. You know, if I pull it up here on my phone, we got the Pistons game on Wednesday. You can get into the gym for 8 bucks in the upper deck. There's actually some really good upper deck seats for 15 even some lowers, plenty of lowers for under $40. So, great opportunity to come see the Pacers as they're playing well and ready to return to the field house. So, get some tickets because everything about SeatGeek is designed to make life easier for sports and music fans. SeatGeek does all the price comparison for you by searching multiple ticket sites and ensuring that you get the best possible deal. SeatGeek does all the work, and you save time and money. And SeatGeek wants to help you get the most bang for your buck. That's why every ticket on SeatGeek is given a grade based on value. You'll immediately see any underpriced seats and be able to find the best deals that fit your budget. Best of all, for my listeners, you get a $20 rebate off your first SeatGeek purchase. So to get a $20 rebate on tickets, just download the SeatGeek app, Go to the Settings tab and click Add a Promo Code, then enter promo code LOPACERS, that's all caps, all one word, LOPACERS, and then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you've made your first ticket purchase. So download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code LOPACERS today. Okay, back to a few individual notes from the Hawks game. Uh, Jeff Teague returned to Atlanta for the first time as a pacer after his first seven years in the NBA were with the Hawks. Finished with 16 points, six assists, and, you know, including that big bucket to get the game-winning 7-0 run rolling. Uh, Miles Turner, he didn't have as great a visit to Atlanta, struggling again dealing with Dwight Howard. Who uh, really had his way with them up in Indy in their first meeting? You know, Miles did make a big shot in the fourth quarter. Yeah, actually, every every point in the fourth quarter was critical since they were so scarce. But uh, Turner did step up and hit a jumper. But finished with just five points and five rebounds. And you know Howard didn't really have a huge game: nine points, fourteen rebounds. But he certainly kept Turner off balance out there. And uh, you know Turner at times was quick to give up the ball when he got it inside. And, you know, it was one of those games where you're like, yep, he's a 20-year-old out there. So uh, no concerns that he's not going to take this game and learn from it and come back ready to go against the Hornets on Monday night. But definitely a rough night for Miles down at Atlanta. Also, overall, you know, the bench has kept the Pacers going well uh, during the stretch after the All-Star break including in this game uh, where they held that lead up in the first and second half. But Monte Ellis and Rodney Stuckey in particular struggled in this game. They combined to make just two of 11 shots and have five turnovers. And, you know, the duo has really been playing pretty well overall since the all-star break. Actually, Monte has been playing pretty well even, you know, probably the last 20, 22 games, you know, save for two critical free throws in San Antonio. Uh, But, you know, it was actually nice that the Pacers could survive a game where those two both had an off-offensive night and, and still earn a win. So, again, not sure what we can expect, especially from Monte on the back-to-back. Not usually a good thing. Usually he's better after rest, which was kind of surprising since the Pacers were able to get home and have a few days off and have a couple of days practice. I thought this might be a game where Monte lit it up again. But, hey, doesn't matter. Glenn the III stepped up and filled the gap, filled the bucket. So, let's see. On the injury front, Al Jefferson returned to action. Played about 13 minutes. LaVoy Allen sat out with uh, knee soreness. So, Rakeem Christmas and Kevin Serafin, yeah, they kind of split the extra reserve minutes there. But it was good to see Christmas remain in the mix. And even came in late uh, for defensive play. So, you know, all of a sudden, Pacers with everybody relatively healthy uh, with that starting lineup. While they weren't able to find a specific need at the trade deadline, they do have an active, dirty work type of a big with Christmas now. And also have a 3 and D guy coming off the bench in Robinson. And tonight, the 3 part was huge. So, great win for the Pacers. They move on to Charlotte on Monday night before returning home to play the Pistons again on Wednesday. So thanks again for listening. Thanks also to SeatGeek for presenting this episode. Make sure you use LO Pacers" as your promo code to get $20 back when you use that app to get into the game on Wednesday. Also, make sure you reach out. Love to hear your thoughts on the game, current state of the team, and the season. You can reach me via email at indiecornrose at gmail.com or on Twitter at indiecornrose. You can find the podcast on Audioboom.com. Also, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Google Play, where all prior episodes are available. And that's all for now. You've been listening to Lopped On Pacers on the Lopped On Podcast Network. You got it.